Hello everyone, welcome to the monologue. I want to tell you a story. This happened in 1930s, it was towards the latter end. And there was a parent, a husband and wife, who were having a baby. It was such a grand old time to have be a parent in those days. Germany was on the rise, a lot of employment, a lot of businesses, people were able to eat and not be hungry. But these people had a problem. The woman was pregnant and she was about to deliver birth in a hospital and she did. Now the baby was born blind, deaf and missing a couple of limbs, deformed. Um, and the doctors were horrified and they weren't quite sure what to do. And the woman and her husband, after seeing the baby, Ask for permission to, if there was a, a way they could ha handle this child, because the child would not be a, a productive member of society, much let alone be able to do anything with his life, being blind, deaf, for all intended purposes, dumb, and missing parts of his body. Um, so it, a letter was sent to the office of, I think it was the Office of the Reichstag, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, it would point to Germany, the Chancellor of Germany, we all know who that was, man with a funny little mustache right here, um, took it, read it, and decided that he himself would personally look into the matter. So he went, 19, remember this is 1930s, we haven't started World Wars yet, this is not, the World Wars hadn't started yet. And he went there, talked with the parent, talked with the doctors, and it was determined that the child was indeed, wasn't going to survive anywhere. He was not going to live. He was not going to survive in their world. Um, the world would be too cruel for him and he would physically die. So it was granted a mercy, a mercy killing. The baby's name was Mauer, also known as Child K in some circles. Now, why do I share that? Because that was the beginning of abortions, even though America had had its fair shares. But this was really the beginning of the what would be called the child euthanasia program. So if a child had, was too dumb, boy, born with mongoloidism, which is basically just a funny way of saying the you know, uh, I forgot what the actual terminology today is for mongoloidism. It's such an outdated term. Uh, blind, deaf, and they had a few other issues. It was deemed that the child would be unfit for life and would not be able to be useful, for lack of a better term. And so they would euthanize the child or kill them. Now, Back then, they didn't have the technology to look inside a woman's womb. Not like we do today. They didn't have ultrasound or anything like that. To, or tech kits or genetic tits or anything like that that would tell you the child. You had to wait for the child to actually physically be born before you could determine whether it was viable or not. And that was the beginning of the United that That was the beginning of the German eugenics program. Now... Why did I almost say United States? I realized I just almost said that. And it's because there was, for a long time, for 50 years, um, 
a case where you could get abortions in the United States. It was called Roe v. Wade, 1973. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, finally, allowing for individual states to finally say whether we want this in our state or not. And I think that's a better way of operating, especially considering a lot of uh, moral implications here. But I share, a sad, I share that story because I noticed that there's history is starting to repeat. For example, in Europe, you can get abortions. In the United States, in certain states, you can get abortions. Other states have outlawed them, like mine. Yeah, go for it. Get rid of it. Um, as you can tell, I'm pro-life. Um, but the reason I say this is because Minnesota has just now said they're going to codify abortion, meaning they're going to make it legal for everybody, and yet they won't really address the problems that lead to abortion to even begin with. It's not like in China where uh, you know, a woman is pregnant and decides, because she can only have one child, decides whether she wants a boy or a girl. And instead of leaving it up to God like they should, they go to the doctor and say, well, is it a boy or a girl? It's a girl. Kill it. That happens in China. That's disturbing. Now they have no, they barely have any children. They have a bunch of little emperors, but they don't have any girls left. No princesses. So that's, you can imagine what's going to do, what that's going to do. Um, typically, when the ratio of boys and girls get too out of balance, usually when the boys are higher than the girls, there's war. There's usually war, and it's usually for men to go find girls or prove their masculinity or whatever have you. Um, and yes, I am pro-masculine, but let's talk about that in another time. But the reason I bring that up is because history is repeating. I've seen this trend. It's... It, Right now, in 11 countries, for example, euthanasia of not just children, but of old people is now a common thing. Medically assisted suicide is what they're calling it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the same eugenic program of the Nazis. Nazis did it in the 40s. They had camps for that. Oh, you're too old? Don't worry, we'll bring the gap. In fact, this started happening in the 1920s, now that I remember correctly. They started this crap in the 1920s. Let's bring the gas van. And they would hit, they would put you in the van, they would hook a, a hose to your exhaust pipe and pump the gas, the exhaust fumes into the thing because you're too old and frail to get out of it. That's horrendous. That's terrifying. And yet that's what they're pushing for. Oh, grandma's too old, let go kill her, you know, grandpa's too, you know. And here's the problem that, that, that strikes me. Not only is that incredibly, incredibly evil, but if my grandfather had been alive in one of those countries back in the 1930s or even today, it, that may have been his fate. Here's the thing. My grandfather was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. It was terminal. He was given six months to live. He lived for five years. His cancer, two months in after getting the terminal diagnosis, went into remission. And he lived, spending the rest of his time as he could 
with his family for the next five years until he eventually passed from cancer. The cancer that should have killed him kind of just let him live for a while. He would have been euthanized in these other countries. There's 11 countries in all so far that are jumping on this bandwagon. In Canada, they're saying, oh, you're too depressed. You can't handle life. You're only 23. Come on, we'll get you out of here. Wait, 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 you're 23, your whole life is ahead of you, it hasn't ended yet. Why are you going to jump off a cliff? What I don't understand is why are they letting doctors, who are supposed to abide by the Hippocratic Oath, thou shalt do no harm to thy patient, um, are now suddenly allowed to kill the patients. I wouldn't want to go to that doctor. I would not trust that doctor. As simple as that. I would not trust that doctor. That doctor to me would be Joseph Mengele. Stay away from him. He is evil. And that's just in 11 countries. Well, people say, well, there's 291. Yeah, there's 291. But just so you know, 280 million people now have access, as they call it, access to a, a medically assisted suicide. No, let's forget about the suicide hotline. Let's encourage them to whack themselves. You know, give them the old cement boots. It's mind-boggling that we're even discussing this. Have we not learned from history? Have we not learned the evil that is genocide? I mean, this is how it all leads. It all leads that same direction. The same evil that said it's okay to kill a baby in the womb before it's even born. It's the same evil that says, let's kill grandpa. It's evil. Unimaginably evil. And even though Canada is the newest member of this euthanasia club, whatever, it, it, it just makes me so angry. It's so, it's so upsetting. It's so upsetting because people aren't getting it. My grandfather got five years of extra life. I've heard of reports of people who have stage four cancer, go into not just remission, but cured of their cancers, even though the Mayo Clinic said, hey, you're already done, you check that out. Okay, she went, she was supposed to be dead in three months, yet I've heard this case, um, it was popularized in a movie called um, The Secret by Rhonda Byers, and maybe I, I may not completely agree with everything she says, but the stories are at least compelling. And one of them was a woman who had stage four cancer. She kept saying, thank you for curing my cancer. And that's what she did. And by her own admission says, they, they gave up on her. And she went home to die. And she tried this thing. And then it not only went into remission, but it disappeared. That's a miracle, a medical miracle. There is a man whose name is Mac Gerson. He was a physician at the turn of the last century. 1929, he published a book, 50 cases, 50, of people with cancer, all different types, all different types of cancer, and he cured every single one of them. But yet, he didn't use the medical terminology of the day. He used something different, and yet people still called him a quack. Yet he brought about cures. Explain this one. 
explained how a man, they call him the Miracle Man, they even showed it in the secret again, he uh, was basically supposed to never walk again. Never walk again, never breathe on his own, always have a feeding tube in his mouth or lung or whatever. I think if they stick it right here, I don't know. Um, but he wasn't supposed to walk again. He not only learned to breathe on his own again, but he walked out of the hospital. They called him the Miracle Man. He defied all medical experts. And yet he would be euthanized under, the, under these laws that they're passed in these, these 11 countries so far. He would have been euthanized. If the, the case would have come to them, ah, oh, it's hopeless. Kill him. That is evil. That is evil. But that's what they're doing. That's what we're fighting against. Now, I want to say that I'm kind of, I'm going to go off a little bit here because I want to give into, get a little bit of history here. The United States, I believe, is coming to a point where it will not be the United States much longer. I'm fine with that. I'm completely fine with that. Actually, I have nothing in common with somebody from California. I have nothing in common from somebody from New York. You know, if the Twin Towers happen again, I'm not going to even shed a tear. I'm sorry. It sucks to be you. Well, that's your fellow American. No, it's not my fellow American. It's not. Not in the same way, not in the same sense that I call it. If they're Christian, I will call them brothers and sisters. If they're older than me and they're Christian, then I will call them by a different name. But here's the thing. My belief that I, I'm not tied to nation states anymore. Why did I use that word nation state? Does anybody know? Here's a little history for you. You probably heard during your 12 years of indoctrination that we call education, yeah, I noticed that. Um, you probably heard the term city-state. The city-state of Greece. The city-state of Sparta. Um, you probably heard that state. What you don't probably hear often is the word nation-state. The word nation-state, because they kind of dropped that and just said nation. But for a long time, people used the word state and nation interchangeably especially during the time of our founding. There is a movie called John Adams. Uh, many people probably have seen it. Many people probably know about it. It's on HBO. But here's something that most people kind of fail to miss. Why were we called nations? Why did the United States of, the US, of America? That's not a country. That's a confederation of countries. Okay. It's, what what boggles my mind is that people think the United States is a country, and it's not. It's actually referring to a corporation, a corporated a, a confederation of, of 50 independent nation states that have each have their own government, each have their own function, who have said, we'll give you a little bit of our, our power if you in turn will help us unify our voice. So are we going to stay the United States? Probably not. I can see a case where that's not going to happen. Um, 
Because like I said, I've got nothing in common with somebody from California. I've got nothing in common from somebody from New York. I, I really don't. And even people just right across the border, if, if I just go from Texas to Oklahoma, I find some common ground. If I go to Texas to Louisiana, I find some common ground. Go from Texas to New Mexico, I just don't find common ground. I thought I would find common ground there, but I don't. And primarily it's because it's a bill. The, the, the Democrats in New Mexico want to limit your magazine capacity size to nine bullets. And you know what? If they want to, fine. But I'm Texan. <laughs> you know, I have a 45. And you know what? We can get in the argument between, between which is more virtuous, the 45 or the nine millimeter. Everybody can, you know attest to the fact that we've been arguing about that for a long time, primarily because 1911 was the standard issue for the Army, and then you had in the 80s come the 9mm, and that's the standard issue. I don't know if it's the standard issue anymore, I think it's now the 40, but maybe that's just for police, I don't remember. But here's the thing that gets me upset. When I hear, you know, when people say, well, you still have uh, friends or relatives or whatever. Here's the thing. I got relatives in Florida. I got relatives in Tennessee. And I got relatives here in Texas. I have one, one relative in California. And you know why he doesn't leave? It's because he can afford to live there. He's one of the Fortune 500 people. Kind of scary, really. Um, You know, he's scary because he doesn't He's too liberal, even for my case, and I can't stand it. Now, why do I bring up the, the abortion? I mean, people say, well, you know, you live in Texas. What does that matter to you? Why do you care about what goes on in Minnesota? I don't. It's just that when ideas, bad ideas, typically get a foothold, they're really difficult to get rid of. Um... I'll give you a perfect example of a, a bad idea. Here's a bad idea. Taking prayer and the Bible out of the school system. Uh, yeah, YouTube, I'm sorry about that. I kind of stepped on your toes a little bit. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I'm sorry. No, but the fact of the matter is, when they did that, did you know that when they, the moment they did that, the test scores in the United States started plummeting. The graduation rate started plummeting. People's behaviors started getting worse. It was the 1950s. Remember, we just came out of World War II. We had fought the Nazis. We just came out of World War II. Communism was all the rage over in Europe, and we all saw how that went. A lot of death. 27 million were killed in Russia. Another 35 in China. Ah, Cameroon, anybody? Everywhere communism tried, it failed, obviously. But let's go back to the 1950s for a second. When they did that, the test scores not only fell, people started, their morality started faltering quickly, I might add. It started getting bad. And you think it's bad. It's bad now compared to what it ever got back then. But... It started a trend, and here's the trend, that the state can now prohibit, prohibit 
your constitutional right. Wait a minute, what? Yeah. You see, the argument that was put forth during that time period was the federal government is endorsing a religion when they said you have to have prayer and Bible in school. Okay. But what's the other side of the coin? If you're not endorsing, you're prohibiting. You see the point? It wasn't that we're going to leave the, the, the choice to the schools. They said because the schools are public, they can't endorse a religion. Yeah, but they can't prohibit it either. Oops, don't say that part. Yeah, they actually started prohibiting it. And now look at us. We're 70 years down the line. 70 years. Give or take. We're getting real close, actually, to the 70th anniversary of that happening. And I think that's when the whole system goes. God has a funny way of using 70 or 77 to punish nations. Um, and you can see how that's going to work out very well for us, right? Yeah. Um, not, not at all. Here's the thing. When they started prohibiting, they forgot to say, well, wait a minute. You can't prohibit, but you can't endorse either. Right. Is that why the very first act of the Continental Congress, as soon as they became a nation, was to print a Bible for the use of our schools? Bet you never heard that story before. The very first thing the Congress did was print a Bible in English because we just fought a war to get rid of the king who told us that was illegal to do. It was kind of like the big finger to the guy. Because the king, King George III, actually didn't like the Bible. He hated it. He would put people to death for that. Here today, we're thinking, well, I got the Bible on my phone. I got it over there. I got it over there. Really? And you don't, you don't think about opening it up and wondering what might be inside? That's the problem that we have in our culture today. Now we have a culture that doesn't pray. We have a culture that doesn't even know the Bible. And you have more suicide, teen suicide, teen pregnancy, teen murders, and everything else that goes with it. Yeah, that's a real good fun. No, it sucks. Repent, America, and go back. Repent and go back. Start anew. Go back and renew your covenant. You're the one who said that you wanted to be an instrument of God. Now, people say, well, where, 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 where. no, 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 no. In our nation's history, there's a reason why on our money it says, in God we trust. There is a reason why history tells us, and we got plenty of examples of it from presidents and then some, that the Bible and history in America are almost interchangeable. You can't have one without the other. And liberals... They're listed in the Bible as being evil, so go figure on that one. They're actively trying to dislodge the Bible from America. And when they finally do that, and notice I said when, I believe America falls. We are done. We are in the dustbin of history, or we fragment so bad that we're never going to be back together again. That's fine. Or we even end up breaking up into multiple nation states and being nothing. Um, I'm all for Texas independence. Oh, don't say that. No, I'm just saying, if, if there's a choice in the matter, 
let's stay in the United States. But if there isn't a choice, let Texas be on its own. I don't want to bring in all the other states. Let's just kind of stay by ourselves. We don't need any, we don't need California. We don't need New, Me uh, New York or even a gas reserve in New Mexico. And we don't really need that. Let's just stay our own independent nation. Really? Especially if the federal government's not going to be in existence any longer. Um, because what's going to happen is as they begin to express themselves and their own internal desires, you will see states start breaking away, forming new states or new um, communities. Texas may say, you know what, we're done with this, we're out of here, good luck, see ya, you know, whatever. Um, that would be kind of cool to see anyway, at least from a, a news standpoint or from a journalistic standpoint about history. That would be kind of cool to watch and record and um, talk about and express what it is um, from my perspective, especially since I live in the state of Texas. So that means I kind of get the behind-the-scenes camera action for all of it. Um, instead of being like, say, I live in Arizona and I'm having to watch it from their side point of view, or I live in Utah and I'm having to watch it from there, you know, it doesn't really affect me, but it, you know, um, like the greater Idaho idea or the new, the, I can't believe they want to break up California, I believe, from to the South California and the North Carolina, uh, North California, what they're calling greater California, I don't know. I don't really pay attention all that much to that crap over there. I really don't. To me, the West Coast is full of hippies who smoke too much pot and they don't really do anything. Oh. And they, they get rid of guns because they think that if you take away the guns, it makes the criminal less likely to commit crime. Has anybody been paying attention to the knife stabbings in London? I'm just saying. <laughs> you don't you don't get rid of crime by taking away the law-abiding citizens right to bear arms or defend himself. You don't do that. And you don't get rid of crime by going to bat for the criminal in front of a jury or in front of the, the court system. The DEA got it backwards. They need to fix that. Oh, but they're so, their life is so hard. you got to give them a little leeway. Right. Did you know that the... Do you know that it was actually quoted that a capitalist will sell the communist the rope by which they hang? Just, just so you know, you would set, the capitalist would sell to the communist the very rope that the communist would hang him by. That's the same thing a criminal does. They'll give you, they'll sell, and people who are bleeding heart, they'll tell you a sad story, you believe it, you go to the bat for them, and then when they get out, they go back and do the same thing again. Which is kind of why I think, why I think people are starting to wake up to that fact, and they're starting to push back. That's why you had Kyle Rittenhouse in Kenosha. Hey, good on you, Kyle. I actually applaud you. Not only are you innocent, but actually, hey, I wish there were more people like you who would actually stand up for what's right, stop for, you know, stop the dumpster fires, that is Minnesota. You ever notice that I'm talking about Minnesota here? I, I put this up there. I don't know why. Um, Minnesota, or rather, I think, wait a minute. Correct? I know I'm wrong here. I know I'm wrong. This happens sometimes. But it's not Minnesota that's the issue here. 
with Kenosha. It's in fact, I believe, Kenosha is Mexican. So if, you're, if you guys know better, put it in the comment section for me. So I actually kind of know the difference where Kenosha is because I'm not really looking into it. Um, but we have a responsibility to start solving issues, societal issues. And one of the things that this, the, the idea of abortion, we have to stop that. Or at least break away from those that wish to practice that because I guarantee you this, they're going to pay a price. Ooh, I don't want to be anywhere near that when that price comes. I really don't. You see, Minnesota, and I begin now, if Minnesota is the state, Minneapolis is the city, I believe. Maybe I got that backwards. I don't know. But they're already having a problem with population. Okay? In the United States, the United States population rate is about 2.11, which is basically the replacement for the next generation. If it ever falls below that, the population numbers go down. The elderly increase, and there's not enough people working. So what happens? Social Security goes bankrupt. Okay. In Europe, they're already having a population collapse. They're already there. They can't reverse trends. So what do they do? They import people from the Middle East. Now Europe is slowly becoming the, the Middle East of Europe. As the culture of the Middle East is coming into Europe. Now, that's a mouthful. We can talk about Islamicization of Europe at another time. I really don't want to get YouTube demonetized, 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 demonetized. You know what? Drop them. Now, let's not try to get into that. But I can talk about the Islamicization of Europe later. And I'll probably will do, will do a special on that. I'm going to do a special, believe it or not, on COVID-19. I said the forbidden word. Oh, no. Don't talk about the forbidden word, the COVID-19. Please, please, YouTube, don't let me, don't, don't drop me. Anyway, um, but the fact of the matter is, it, I don't really, I, like I said, I don't care. This goes on YouTube and Rumble, and I'm probably going to even begin to branch out to Odyssey. I'm thinking about that. I'm not really sure. But here's the thing. I'm going to do a special on the COVID-19, and that's going to give you, I'm going to give you, the very things I said over two years ago when COVID-19 first started and I got very interested and I tracked it down and I figured out how it all came about and I'm going to reveal it all but it will be on a Rumble special only because it will be censored by YouTube I guarantee it because they did it last time so I kind of expect it this time um, but what I want to give everybody a sense to take away is that we should start praying. You, you know, I, I did say I would give you solutions. Some of them are going to be physical, some of them are going to be spiritual, some of them are going to be political. This is one of those cases where I believe a spiritual solution is needed. We're fighting evil. This is evil. This is unimaginably evil and people aren't waking up to it. When it happened in the 1930s, nobody caught on. Everybody thought it was just going to, you know, it would correct itself. If you read the stories of people who survived Nazi Germany and what they went through while living there, it, it, 
We are literally reliving that nightmare. And it's happening in Europe right now, which is why I'm not quite surprised that it's in, it's in uh, Canada. We have to stop it from happening here. Once they start saying, you know what, let's kill grandma and grandpa. No, no, uh-uh, no. That is the time I believe that every American should stand up and unify their voice and shout no. But by then it may be too late. They may have already disarmed us and everything else. And um, Because they're, they're, do, they're pulling the playbook that they used in Europe, in, in Australia, in Canada. They're pulling that out and applying it to the United States. We have to stop them in the track. We know the plan. We know how it happens. We have a chance to stop it. But the first thing, the first step in fighting evil is to do the one thing that evil doesn't want you to do. And that is pray for intercession. Pray to God for intercession. To wake the eyes, to open the eyes of people who are asleep. People, for example, I have a wonderful movie that's in my possession. I will show it to you next time. It is called... Um, unplanned and it is about the national director it's based on a true story of a woman who was responsible for giving abortion she herself got pregnant and watches an abortion happen while they're doing the ultrasound and everything and when they did that it changed her life she realized that could be me that could be my own child and for the first time she didn't see it just as a clump of cells or anything she saw it as a live human being. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't have to tell you how evil abortion is. I don't have to tell you how evil euthanasia of old people is. I understand it. Don't get me under, don't get me wrong. I understand it. But I want you to understand and take my history of dealing with geriatric individuals, my grandparents, um, in my grandfather, for example, his terminal case where he was guaranteed, you're dead in six months. The doctor said it, you're done. If he lived in one of those countries that says euthanasia was legal, he would he have taken it out? I don't know. But right now, it's voluntary. What if it becomes involuntary and mandated? That's all that has to happen in order to start the Nazi final solution eugenics program all over again. All they have to do is mandate euthanasia for people with terminal diseases or they're too depressed to survive at life or um, they're, you know, not right in the head. Or, you know, it doesn't take a long leap to get to extermination camps. People say, well, that don't ever happen. It's already happening. I don't mean to scare the hell out of you, but it is the, the path is already being laid unless you stop it. Now, what do you as the individual do as to stop it? I mean, I, surely I can't go and dismantle the thing by myself. No, you can't. But you can start doing certain things that will bring about change. For example, one of them, as I said before, is prayer. Praying for intercession and praying that God will open eyes of people who are believing this bullshit. Yeah, don't worry about your language. But the fact of the matter, they believe garbage, they're going to get the same. You have to wake them up. Well, how do you wake them? You can pray for them, one. 
because certain things start happening when you do that. Um, things behind the scenes start to change. Secondly, write to the congressman. You have state legislatures. You don't have to be beholden to just whatever the federal government says. Start writing to your sheriff. Start writing to... Get to know your sheriff. I mean, how many people actually know who the sheriff of the county is? Does anybody know? We all go to the voting box and we just vote sheriff. That's it. We don't ever get to know them. Yet they could be right down the road. My game warden, believe it or not, is only two houses down. And I get to know him. But he's not allowed to game warden my county. He has to go to the next county over. Because uh, some kind of legal jargon that I don't fully understand happens. But get to know your sheriffs. Get to know your local politicians. Write to them. Write to the mayor. Write to the city, the, the city district office. Start getting the conversations going about what the true value of life is. Does life even have value? Because I guarantee you that life does have value. And people who don't think it has value are going to be the ones that like to kill. They're going to be the murderers. They're going to be the, the ones that say, life that matters nothing, slaughter them all. They're going to be the ones that call for 90% reduction in the population. They're going to be the ones that said, I wish I was a virus, let me exterminate the people. They're going to be the elites that are, that are wanting to corral people, control people as if they were cattle. That's who they're going to be. Despicable, evil people who have lost all sense of morality because they think they're God because they have so much wealth. And I'm not and I'm not going to knock the wealthy. I'm just simply saying there's nothing wrong with being wealthy. Donald Trump is wealthy. Elon Musk is wealthy. I don't have a problem with either one of them. Not really. I mean, I have a problem with Elon Musk a little bit. But that's because some of the stuff he talks about and some of the stuff he wants to do it's diabolical. It's very evil. Um, and he may not even see how evil it is until it's too late. Um, or maybe he himself is the devil incarnate. I don't know. But I do know this. Prayer works. I do know that it's top, probably time to start getting your body into shape. You know, learn calisthenics. People, what is that? You know, just do this. You know, now build up your shoulders. Um, you can do other, you know, push-ups on the walls and on the floor, and you know. And your body will slowly change over time. It sucks, it's hard, it's difficult, but if you get in the habit, it becomes second nature. But get your body in shape. Pray. Get your prayer life in order. Get your spiritual life in order. And then start trying to reach out to those whom across the aisle, I may not disagree with this person on this issue, like my friend, who's an atheist, and I probably, I think I spoke to him in last video, about him in the last video. He's a staunch atheist, but even he would agree with me that abortion is wrong. Now, I'm going to go, and this is, I'm not going to go as I'm leaving the show yet. I've decided that I'm going to cut this video short. Um, that's why it kind of truncates, um, because I realized that I want to discuss the evil of abortion in in deeper details and more in depth than I would otherwise have time for. And it also gives you, the viewer, the chance to truly get to see or appreciate, 
I guess if you want to call it that, the, the, the scope and measure of how wicked this is, and also to understand that there is a way to stop it. There is a way to stop it. And not everybody's going to go with it, though. We're in that moment, and that's where I believe wars happen, and they're justified wars. Uh, but assault is all coming into it. I'm going to go ahead and check off for today. But I want you all to pray. Start taking care of your prayer life. Get your life in order. Start exercising. And then we will start being able to do other things that can fix this issue. Right now, pray for people who are in Minnesota. Pray for people who are doing wrong. And pray that they will open their eyes. That Jesus will open their eyes. And maybe we'll get some headway or at least gain some ground. Or maybe they will leave that state and not stay there because they know that one day they, the Minnesotans, will have to pay the piper. And it could come in the form of a nuclear attack. It could come in the form of, earth, I don't know if earthquakes will happen around there, but you can, I, I really don't know the climate very well in that area, so I'm just saying. Um, but there, there, it, there's a price to be paid. Uh, maybe it's a populational collapse. You know, there's far too many old people, not enough young people, and just, boom. I don't know. But I do know this. Prayer works. It works behind the scenes in ways we don't even understand. Uh, but we do know it works. So do it. Um, but in the meantime, I'm going to check off. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'm sorry. I got interrupted multiple times throughout this episode. It wasn't meant to happen, but it did. Um, I will try to do this at a better time where there's not so much activity going on that requires my departure and of course interrupting the flow that I create that I have when it comes to discussing things but in the meantime um yeah good evening good night and god bless <laughs>